skies over Baghdad have been illuminated. We're seeing bright flashes going off all over the sky. Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org and BrushBeater.org. And today I have a really incredible guest, candidate for governor of Massachusetts on the America First platform, a real freedom fighter and somebody who has been at the forefront of the fight for liberty in the Northeast for a very, very long time now. Miss Diana Ploss, it's great to have you. It's great being here. I'm de- I am delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. So running for governor, you, you know, I, I don't even know where to begin. This is a huge honor to have you on with us, with this, this audience and, um, just the the accomplishments that you have out there, professional radio broadcaster, um, you know, a, a real liberty activist and and a firebrand conservative getting out there on the America First platform. Just check it out, your website. You're saying that America, and, and this is a position that obviously I wholeheartedly agree with, that America is in the throes of a communist revolution. If you will, just elaborate a little bit on that and kind of talk us through your platform for governor and what you expect to achieve in Massachusetts. Okay. So um, so I say communist, communist takeover in Massachusetts and, and America and the globe. And what this is leading to, and I think you'll agree with me, um, Scout, is that this is a move for totalitarianism across the globe. I think you would agree with that. Even ab- above, and I believe they're, u- they're using communist tactics, you know, people on the streets like we've seen, uh, what, what I call them, burn, loot, murder, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the Revolutionary Communist Party USA, which is, which is another name for a, a group called Refuse Fascism. So can I just, I just want to start at the beginning because in terms of the beginning of me, Diana Ploss, and how I got here, because the, and the reason I think it's important is that people think that they can't do anything. They think, oh, look at this person. They're something more special than I am. And I'm not more special than anybody else. So I want people to, if you love this country, if you love America, if you love sovereignty, no matter if it's America or some other country, every country and the people in it deserve sovereignty. So if you love that and you love God and you love freedom, then you can do exactly what I'm doing. You don't have to do it exactly the same way, but you can do it. And that's all we need. Now, people will say to me when I say this, Diana, 
you're running for office. Why are you telling people that in order to change things, they don't have to run for office? And let me tell you why. Because people have been lulled into this dream state of the only way we can change anything is if we get good candidates to run for office, good Republican candidates. I just said a mouthful. So I'll just talk about running for office and tie this into what you said, what I hope to accomplish. Right. I'm, running for, I'm running for office. And right now today, I am accomplishing things that help the people in Massachusetts. You don't need to run for office to make positive change. So for example, one of the things that we found out over the last couple of weeks is that the boards of health in Massachusetts is where they are implementing vaccine passports, uh, mandates for vaccines, the mask wearing, the social distancing. It's all coming through these boards of health across the state. So one of the things that we've been doing is I have been live streaming as many board of health, board, it's, it's, it's like a tongue twister, boards of health meetings as humanly possible. And what it's doing, Scout, is that it's waking people up because they go, they're saying to themselves, these are the people that have been locking us down? Right. So, you, you see what I mean? So Exactly. Exa and so you don't have to run for office to make a positive change. And the last thing I'm going to say so that you can get a word in <laughs> is that the battle or the battles for the soul of our states and our countries, okay? So not just America, because this is worldwide. We know it's worldwide. The battles are being won by the people that want to control us. They're being won at the local level, at the city and town level. So in order for us to take back our cities and towns, our state, and then eventually our country, is we have to roll up our sleeves and get involved today, not tomorrow, not in a week, not if I get elected or when I get elected, but right now, today, because we don't have the time. We don't have the time. And let's face it, most of the most, if not all of the politicians are already bought and paid for. So how, I, I just I just gave you a platter full of information. No. And, and you know, 100 percent of what you just said is all points that I've made that a lot of other uh, strong conservatives, pro America first platform folks out there have been saying, and everything that you just said rings very, very true because we see this with the vaccine mandate refusals that they, the state governments, the federal government can do whatever it wants. The local level people are just saying, yeah, you know, I'm not doing that. And they're, they're, it, it's really nullification that's happening. But I would say that the biggest indicator of it, and I think you might agree with this, is that the people who are turning out to the school board meetings, which is really at the, that, that is a reflection of politics at the local most level. The, the local folks who are saying, you know what, no to critical race theory, 
no to mandating this this you know horrible agenda on our kids. We're not putting up with this anymore. And we see what the FBI turned around and did. We see what yeah. the Department of Justice, you know, this communist-run organization under you know Merrick Garland, which thank God he's not on the Supreme Court because we see what this guy is. He's a full-blown status totalitarian. And so I, I think that you're exactly right. All politics has to start at the local most level. And something that, that's critical that you just brought up here is the fact that you don't have to run for political office exactly. and throw your name out there to really be making a difference. No, and it's interesting because people think that, that the Republican Party is the answer. So a couple of things you said. Number one, number one, we would have stopped all of this COVID nonsense right away if people didn't comply. And I am shocked. I am I am stunned by the amount of men, and I'm going to pick on the men, because the people, for the most part, who have been standing side by side when we've been attacked by burn loot murder and the and um, all these um, all these people that the bankers and everybody else has funded to get them out on the streets, has, yep. it's mostly been women, and you know when I see a man who says that he's a second amendment proponent and he's going to be there on the front lines fighting yet he's wearing a mask. I'm sorry, but I doubt that. I doubt what the, what he's saying. And, and, and so this might not be the right thing to be saying on your podcast. No, 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 no. I think you're exactly right. And, and that, I've brought that point up in the past. But this is this is these are the types of things that I that I point out because don't tell me that you're going to be there defending me when you're wearing a mask that says F you Biden. Who cares? You're still wearing <laughs> a mask. You're wearing right. a mask. But if people had had stopped complying, listen, I'm a huge, huge National Football League fan. Huge. And I, I haven't watched a game in a couple of years. And, Same here. You know, so if you're still if you're still watching games, if you're still wearing game gear, if you're still watching baseball, any any of these sports that are that are supporting the destruction of America, you're hurting us. So, you know, I I'm hardcore. If everybody stopped, they stopped you know, going into Starbucks, going into any of, any of the places or partaking of any of these institutions that are hurting us, this would have ended. Now, how does that tie into the schools? I get it that not everybody can homeschool, but if you had to, like if somebody were sick in your family and you had to move, you know, you would figure out a way to homeschool your kids. And if we took these kids out of these communist schools, that problem right there wouldn't even be a problem. We could focus on the other issues. But, you know, they're focusing, and I get it. I'm, I'm thrilled that the parents are out there, but you're focusing on critical race theory. Meanwhile, your daughter's sitting next to a boy that she has to refer to as Sally, right? Exactly. So, you know, so I applaud people doing that. But in my opinion, this is an all or nothing. You can't be a little bit in the schools because they are destroying children 
They are destroying generations of children that are never going to recover because of what has been done to them in the last two years. My opinion. No, I, I think you're exactly right. And what we've seen is is the leftward shift of the education system. And, and of course, if we dig back many, many decades to, uh, you know, the, the platform that uh, the John Birch Society was advocating back in yes. the 1960s and pointing out that the the proliferation of public education is in many ways rooted in Marxism itself. There's a pretty good argument that could be made nowadays saying that, you know, it, it's reached its logical conclusion. Oh, I agree with you. And, you know, I want to kind of bring this back to Massachusetts because people, let me go back. I don't call myself a conservative. If you want to give me a name, a lot of people call me like five letter words, four letter words, and I'm all fine with that. Seriously, I'm fine with that. Hey, you know, it's, a, it's better to be hated. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and when they call me that five letter word that begins with the B, my response is, but you say it like it's a bad thing. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so in, in, ter in, in terms of Massachusetts, people think that we are blue, that we are so left leaning. In my opinion, based on the things that I've seen on the streets, we aren't. We aren't that. The majority, let's say out of, I'm going to give you rough numbers, say 4.5 or 6 million registered voters in Massachusetts registered. Of that number, about 2.8 million are registered independents. Think about that. The Republican Party has less than, say, 460,000 registered voters. And then the Democrats have like 1.4 million something. So the majority of voters are independent. They're independent. And, you know, so in, in my opinion, right, most people don't want anything to do with, based on those numbers, they don't want anything to do with the political parties. And, and people can say it, scout, until they're blue in the face. All of these people work together. They play good cop. They play bad cop. We yep. know, right? Who runs Congress? Who runs Congress? Right? Money. The, the bankers, bankers. The bankers, the Council on Foreign Relations. This is what people don't know. They, if doesn't matter who you elect. Because right. they're, they're, right, they're all working for the same team and it's not our team. No, you're, you're exactly right. The, you know, it's something that that pundits like G. Edward Griffin, you know, historically have made the, the creature from Jekyll Island. Exactly. And that's exactly the case. I mean, we see it and there's really no better example than the shenanigans that went on leading up to January 6th. You had uh, so-called conservative Republicans, Mitch McConnell, so on and so forth, um, you know, who, who are getting out there. And of course, he, you know. He gets up there and he's profiteered off of the Chinese Communist Party. Won't even take a second look at the fact that, that there are allegations that there is rampant voter fraud. Won't even entertain the idea whatsoever. And of course, you know, then you dig a little bit deeper into some of these other guys, Ted Cruz, with all the links to Goldman Sachs and so on and so forth. And the, the broader picture really becomes clear that you know, Mordor 
on the Potomac, which is DC. That's that's if anybody thinks that there's going to be this this uh, national magic solution to everything, <laughs> I consider them to be you know smoking the hopium. Um, they, they really need to be turning to local organization, local infrastructure. And I think what you're working on in Massachusetts is, is really, um, a shining example of that. Now, something that you said that was critically important and I want to revisit is the fact that the Northeast is not a lost cause. As we were talking about just prior to going on the air and it really, really got me fired up is I've had a lot of great people who have come down from New Hampshire, from Massachusetts, from Connecticut, from New York, all of these places that were uh, to the rest of the country, or I'll say probably the, you know, the, the flyover states in the Southeast and everything. A lot of the, the feeling that folks from, from those areas have about the Northeast is that it's kind of a foregone conclusion. It's blue. It's always going to be blue. You know, and, and and a lot of the people who come down from those states are like, yeah, you know, the politics is a lost cause. But I contend that it's not that way. And we we see this for a number of reasons. With Donald Trump's agenda, with the, the Make America Great agenda, that was at least in in my view, growing up as as a lower middle class kid in a working class household where you know right. my dad's a labor union guy. And uh all of the labor union pamphlets from United Steelworkers that was being brought home was literally the MAGA agenda just 20 years prior in the late 1990s that was warning about the exportation of jobs into China and, and what that was going to do to American labor. And that was literally all the points that Trump was running on and, and you know continues to run on at least uh, so he gives lip service to. And so that, that's why I say the Northeast is not a lost cause. You've got a lot of people up there. The point that you brought up about the number of sheer number of registered independents who have had it with the Republican Party, exactly. they've had it with the Democrat Party. They know that it's a rigged game and they're saying, you know what? We want to repatriate the jobs. We want to repatriate our industry. We want to repatriate what America is and what America is really great at doing. And I think that you you are a representation of that. What's your thoughts on that? You know, it's interesting. So you asked me in the beginning, you know, what I plan to do. And there are a lot of people that have said to me, you know, Diana, you're not out there and you have to fundraise and you have to do this. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not. People are suffering today. They're suffering today. So you want me to like put the blinders on, go and raise money, getting people's hopes up that if I get elected, I'm going to be able to change all of this, right? Like right. talk about fantasy world. No different than people thinking that President Trump's going to come back and all of this is going to end. If anything, right. President Trump taught us is that we have the power, we the people. It doesn't say um, we the people have to wait for a politician to do something for us. This is this is we the people. So one of the things that I have been doing, and um, you know, there's no coincidence that I'm here. I really believe 
that for whatever reason, God chose this path for me and I'm embracing it. I am embracing Amen. it. I'm doing whatever it is that this takes me good or bad. I am embracing it. So one of the things that I have been doing is helping people with, I volunteer with an attorney, a constitutional attorney, helping people get their religious exemption. So it started off maybe mid-July here in Massachusetts where people were, were you know, wanting their religious exemptions or trying to get them so they didn't have to take this poisonous dart. And what's happened is over time, more and more people have reached out to us, to me, who work for unions. And I hear the same thing yep. over and over again. The union is not helping us. I don't understand. And so then I say to them, do you know that in 1995, the unions were taken over by the communists? Yep. And that's why you, you're experiencing no help from them. And so this actually, in my opinion, has backfired because it's opened people's eyes who work for all of these unions. And, you know, Massachusetts has big, they have big unions, right? Um, one of the most uh, you hear a lot about is teams to 25. And yeah. so, so that's helped open people's eyes to the new world order. A lot of people, they don't understand agenda 2030, the great reset, but it has opened people's eyes now. And I don't know if this helps you, but one of the things that, that happened in December, December 20th, um, the mayor of Boston, she's a new mayor. Her name is Michelle Wu. Her, supposedly, I always say supposedly because it's not verified. Her family immigrated to America from Taiwan and she landed in Chicago. And then all of a sudden she's in Massachusetts. No coincidence. Because in my opinion, Scout, they just pick people and put them where they think they need them, right? Yep. So on December 20th, she came out with this edict that as of January 15th, all 18,000 employees who work for the city of Boston had to get and, and you know, it's funny. We're not, we're not censored here. Um, not always right. careful um, that they all have to get the poison dart. Okay. So 18,000 city employees. And then uh, the vaccine passports were, were uh, just started on January 15th. And then as of March 1st, the mandatory that the five to 11 year olds get the poison dart and they were going to be all wrapped up by May 1st, which is, um, it's not just uh, May Day, communist day, but this goes way back and maybe you can help fill in the history gap. But, um, so in terms of May 1st, cause it has more meaning, deeper meaning than, than what people think. So this has opened up a lot of people's eyes and people are fighting back. They're, they're, they're fighting back and they're standing up, which, which, which needs to be done. And what people have to accept, right? They have the five stages of grief. People have to accept number one, we're in a communist takeover for totalitarian world power. They have to accept it. They have to accept that. Number two, they have to accept that Trump, President Trump is not coming back to save the day. Number yep. three, number three, they have to accept the fact that they are the ones that have to get their hands dirty and they cannot rely 
on the Republican Party to help them because we got here because of the Republican Party who never stood up against these things that were happening because they all work together. So yep. that's how we take this back and we get out in the street and we protest and we hold these people accountable and we get on these. Um, one of the other things they did, uh, the governor of Massachusetts, to ex to make this even more miserable for us, that all of these towns and cities can have virtual meetings. Can you imagine that? So we're getting further and further away from government. The people is, are getting further and further away from the people that represent them. Um, so did I go off track? I might have gone off no, track. No, 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 not at all. It, I, I am eating this up because these are all points that I've made in the past. I've heard other people make. You are are all over it. And, and oh, I love it. I, I, I love it. One of the things that, that, that I didn't know that you pointed out was this May Day deadline for vaccines. And, um, you know, admittedly in, in, in my ignorance, not knowing, uh, too much about the internal workings of Boston, uh, the mayor of Boston being from Taiwan is highly suspect. Yeah. Thank uh, me. <laughs> well, I mean, Boston, you know, Boston is a very traditional Irish town. Um, and, you know, they, they're going to get a mayor from Taiwan. That's kind of that that's kind of strange. Not saying that, that that's out of the ordinary. It's just a little weird. But how did this person from Taiwan now? Uh, her family, you know, her family's from Taiwan. They immigrated okay. her family. Um, but the, the, the larger point that I'm trying to make, though, is, is how do we not know that these these folks are? Uh, or how do we know that they are not, rather, what guarantees do we have that they're not Manchurian candidates? They all are. We don't look know. At, no, listen, the, here's the way I look at it. Look what she did. She she hadn't even had her inauguration. The inauguration was in January. She did this on December 20th. They swore her oh, in. Oh, wow. Yes. So this is the first thing that she did. So think about that. Think about that. It, it, listen, where I come from, if it smells like it, it is. It is. Oh, yeah. You don't and, have to and, lift your shoe up. You don't have to lift your shoe up and bring it to your nose. Yeah. Well, you know, with, with May Day, setting a deadline of May Day, that, that's not by accident. That is not by accident. That nope. is not by coincidence. Because why would why else would you have, and you would just pick an arbitrary date Exactly. And you didn't think maybe uh, we ought to look back on this a little bit and, you know, maybe. So nah, there, there's no such thing like FDR would say. There's no such thing as a coincidence when it comes to politics. It's all by design. And it looks like this is by design, too. Now, something that 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 you said that is just I, I am so glad to hear somebody else in the world say this. You know, Trump's not going to magically come back to office. You know, that, that's that's not going to happen. And there's a lot of the tinfoil hat folks out there that are saying, you know, oh, but the, there's going to be overturn the election. And we're two years into this thing. That exactly. ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen. You know, so I, I, I am so glad to hear that. But this fight at the individual level. You're saying people have got to roll their sleeves up. They've got to get out there and they've got to do it themselves because nobody else is going to do it for them. Amen. 
Amen. I, I want to reiterate that and drive that point home. You have got to get out there and do it yourself. Everybody's voice counts, not your exactly. vote, your voice. Exactly. So a couple of things I want to say. I, I, I do want to share with people the level of suffering that's happening here in Massachusetts because people don't talk about that. And I'm not a hero. I'm not a hero, but I hear people every single day. I, people don't realize I live and breathe this. So I fall asleep at night to a podcast, whatever podcast it is, a good one, something on Brighteon, not nothing on Facebook, no garbage. I don't have TV because I'm trying to learn as much. The more I can learn, the more I can share with people and the more they can learn and the better we can fight. So, and then in the morning, I'm answering emails and as I'm getting ready, I'm listening to another podcast because I don't have time during the day. But during the day, I get calls from people and I have since the middle of July, people crying on the phone, they're gonna lose their job, their husband's gonna lose their job, um, their, their kids are getting bullied at school because you know whether they don't want to take the, the mask or they're unvaccinated, people are suffering. People, people are suffering in ways that you wouldn't think would happen in America. We have had people, Scout, held hostage in hospitals in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, oh, yeah. we're, we're rescuing people because of how much money these hospitals are getting. It's a lot more than what Scott Jensen said a year and a half ago. The, the amount of money that these hospitals are getting, first they start with the COVID test right when you get in the hospital, right? If they admit you, they get more money. If they give you a, a poison drug, whether it's monoclonal antibodies, remdesivir, whatever they give you, they get more money. They put you on a vent, they get more money. The coroner gets money. Everybody gets money. They put COVID on your death certificate. You can apply for up to $9,000 in funeral relief, okay? Some, wow. of this, some of this I know because my own family went through it. And I can tell you that, let's see, it was October 11th. I started feeling sick. I had worked from the morning until it was after 10 at night, helping people with their religious exemptions. And the next day I was so sick. I was literally bedridden for three weeks, could not even stand up. I did the hydroxychloroquine. Um, you know, I did, I, I did everything. Now, what people don't know, I have a double master's in nursing, okay? I will never get tested. I haven't been tested. You don't need a test to tell you you're sick. Stay home. Right. But I knew something was wrong because I had a, I had fevers for at least 12 days in a row. Anyway, I go to the hospital, big hospital here in Boston, the Brigham and Women's. And I knew I had a sinus infection. Now, they jotted, when, when you go in there, right, um, they take a report, what are your symptoms? I never said I was short of breath. I didn't have any short shortness of breath. I didn't say um, um, there was something else that they put that wasn't true. What I, what I had was fevers for 12 days. I had um, a headache. I couldn't stand up and I had nausea, okay? What do they want me to do? They want me to take a COVID test. The phys physician's assistant, and I was so sick, argued with me for at least 20 minutes, 20 minutes. 
And I refused to take a test. I refused to take a test. I was so sick. They should have admitted me. They didn't admit me because I wouldn't take the test. So they weren't going to make any money. But I'll tell you right now, I walked out of there with a 10-day prescription for Augmentin twice a day. Within the next day, I started to feel better. So that's just a little blurb. But my stepfather landed in the hospital. He wasn't that sick. They didn't have a placement for him, so they kept him in the ER for two weeks. Oh. He was passed. And the thing is, my mother was sick at the same time. Couldn't take him home. So there are other details in there. But anyway, so he was in the hospital, couldn't move around. They cleared him for COVID. He ended up eating. He aspirated, got an aspiration pneumonia. He died. And they put COVID ah. on his death certificate. So wow. it's so I have firsthand knowledge because I was there myself, but I've also helped to rescue people from the hospitals. The and I know I know I just said a lot. No, we're, no, that's we're in it, a war, Scout. We and, are and for the people who are listening. And you know, somebody, very nice person, a friend of mine, said something really nice to me because you know. Um, my stepfather died and I was very fond of him. And she said to me, you know, Diana, you always talk about war. We're in war. Well, in war, people die. And that actually helped me, believe it or not. People die in wars and yep. we're in a war and there are people dying all around us. Everybody knows somebody that died. Um, and I love America. I love the country that I was born into and I'm loyal to America, but obviously I'm especially loyal to the people in Massachusetts. And I just want people to know, I want everybody who was ever going to listen to this, that the people in Massachusetts are suffering. People are dying. People are losing their jobs, but people are fighting. A lot of people are fighting. And what I would like what I would like is we could use some fighters, retired people, people who aren't working, people who are loyal to help join join in the fight. That's what we need. That's what we need from people across the state and across the country. And I know that you want to fight in your own in your own state, but right now, Massachusetts, the birthplace of liberty, the birthplace of freedom, we are on fire. And we need people to come with their fire hoses and their buckets, and we need them to help us. We, I'm, 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 I'm imploring people to help us here in Massachusetts. Amen, amen. That that's you know that that's that's an incredibly powerful statement too, and it, it's important to point out Massachusetts exactly as you said. That's the birthplace of the United States, and yeah. to see. The, the situation that has befallen there along with many other places. But I think I very seriously think that, that the turning point is coming, you know, the, the midway and all of this is coming because you're only going to, uh, uh, people are only going to tolerate it for so long. The work that folks like yourself, and a lot of other voices that are popping up that are really at the forefront of all of this saying, you know, we're not going to take this anymore. It's really beginning to take hold. You know, if you look at New York City, for example, you know, which 
just just hear me out with this one. The, the new mayor yeah. that they have there, which, it, you know, he's he's turned out to be exactly what I said he was going to be the whole time. Um, you know, but he ran on a platform. It was very ironic that he ran on a platform of being different than, you know, Kaiser Wilhelm, the communist, you know, <laughs> de Blasio. Even though this guy is coming from the same party, you see how many people on social media and everywhere else that latched on to that. And we're like, yeah, you know, we're going to support this guy, Adams, because he he's so much different than de Blasio. They completely ignored the fact that he's from the same party. He has the exact same platform. And, and he did exactly what a lot of people, myself included, point out that he was going to do. It, it, you weren't going to get any change. But now the immediate dissatisfaction that's happening at the street level in a place like New York City where they're saying, all right, already we're done with this guy. We voted this guy in. We didn't even give him a month. We don't even, we, you know, we're, we're done with you. You're doing the exact same thing. And I see this happening, and I see it happening all over the United States. It's this massive pushback, this massive wave that's coming, and it's not a political-only movement. The politics is just one aspect right. of it, one reflection of it, but people are really, really angry. But you know what's interesting? I tell my, my my newest my newest phrase to people is get off of the political welfare system. Because yes. everybody wants a pol a politician or somebody else to do the heavy lifting for them. Right? They want right. they want somebody else to do it. And it doesn't matter who you who you elect because they're selecting the people that they want. They put up the people that they want. You, What ends up happening, and I saw this firsthand in Massachusetts, in the Republican Party, which is one of the reasons why I left, that there was a candidate like us that wanted to run for Congress. And the head of the Republican Party, Jim Lyons, the head of the Republican Party and an attorney, a guy that ran for attorney general in 2018, who I supported, too bad that I wasted my time doing that, they sat down with this candidate and wanted him to drop out of the race because they put up the people they want up there. That's what the party system does. So by the right. time you get to elect somebody, they've already been selected. That's what people don't understand. They've already been selected because they're the ones that will do the bidding. So I just want to mention two things. One is, um, Yunkin's down in Virginia. Okay. Right, right now, people are celebrating. Yay, yay. He's doing all the right things. Wake up. Virginia, wake up. The guy is on the Council of Foreign Relations. Yeah. Wake up, people. He's, 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 he's already showing his true colors, too. He's putting people in it. Listen, he's putting you in a trance state, right? You can't see me, I'm walking like a zombie. Wake up people, you're on the political welfare um, dole. Get off the dole, you have to do it. This guy is not gonna help you. He's a distraction so that you, the people in Virginia, won't do the heavy lifting because you think he's gonna do it for you and you're gonna be sorely mistaken, sorely mistaken. The other thing I wanna mention, is President Trump. Five years, I spent over five years and a ton of my own money 
supporting candidate Trump and then helping his reelection. I, I, my own dime, I went across the state, across Massachusetts doing 10 to 12 rallies a week. Okay. I've been, you know, beat up alongside other people by members of burn loop murder Antifa did all of that. And now I look at president Trump and I say, where the hell are you? Where the hell are you? I was there on January 6th. I was on the Capitol. I got tear gassed. I got flashbanged. They didn't have a gas mask. They didn't have a helmet. There were 500 people approximately in jail in DC. President Trump, where are you? Where are you? Right? People think he's coming back to save us. And at this point, and I want to I want to tell people, for somebody who who spent over 5 years of their life and a lot of money, you are it doesn't matter. You always have to question the motives of your leader always always and again i am questioning why are you pushing this poison dart on people right why aren't you telling yep. people stop talking about the globalist president trump tell the people what the hell is really going on right until he does right. that i'm still on i used to be on his side now i'm on the fence i'm not saying i'm not on his side but i'm on the fence and I'm watching very carefully, and I'm going to reiterate over and over again. It is up to we, the people, to take back what is ours. Nobody else is going to do it for you. And if you're somebody that comes to me and you want to be a fence sitter, get out of my way. Because I don't have time for fence sitters. I have time for fighters. That's it. I have time Amen. for fighters. Which is why right. I have time for you. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, talking about uh, the, the former president, and, and I do call him the former president, uh, even though I have high doubts that uh, the mental patient Joe Biden is was duly elected, but President Trump abdicated his office. Okay. He had an opportunity to prevent that from happening. He had an opportunity to bring that into question. Um, he had an opportunity to re he had many opportunities to really change the course of all of this. He failed to do so. And now these rallies that he's got out there, he now I'm not going to turn this into a Trump bashing session, although I easily could because I have a lot of difficulties with the guy. Mainly what he's done since the election and moving forward. Uh, of course, I had some difficulties with some of his policies and whatnot, especially the foreign entanglements, uh, because, you know, I, I'm an isolationist. I think uh, having served in, in uh, two tours in Iraq, one in Afghanistan, seven and a half years in the United States military and stepping back and saying, you know, why is it that we're sending people abroad to die? I mean, yep. we've, we've seen this yep. up close and personal. Why, why are we continuing to do this? But anyway, more importantly, though, is uh, with, with Trump, he has turned this entire thing, all of his rallies since January 6th, he's turned all this stuff into being about him. And, you know, it, it, it's, I have some pretty severe problems with that, but he's experiencing pushback on it now too, because yep. he got banned or, or a band at booed at one of his own rallies. I remember. 
when he's talking about vaccines and, yeah. and you know how great they are and nobody you know nobody's buying this stuff and so he's really he he's tone deaf to his own base i think that there's a there, there's a big pushback against him coming now you know do i want trump to succeed as as a fighter would i like to see you know, four more years and and get that in there. If he's going to do the things that he said that he was going to do the first time around. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But unfortunately being a realist and being kind of down to earth on all this, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that, you know, I look at who he surrounded himself on his first term in office. He had a lot of globalists. Yeah. He had a lot of people who maybe necessarily didn't have America's best interests at heart. He had a lot of people with, with deep banking ties. Um, and he had, you know I mean? He, who brought Fauci out of the woodwork? Donald Trump did. Donald Trump did. And he can say whatever he wants about Anthony Fauci now after the fact, or maybe, oh, I didn't know who he was or whatever. He got in there somehow, and it wasn't like Anthony Fauci just came out of nowhere. We know who he is from the yep. late 1980s with the AIDS disaster. We know all about Fauci, and he knew about him too. So, but you know what? Uh, it, you know, and people uh, people said to me, you know, Diana, you've said negative things about Trump. Well, here's here's the fact of the matter. Should I have the great fortune of getting elected to office? I want you to say negative things about me if I don't do the right thing. See, that's, that's the right. difference. That's the difference. We listen, there's only one person, person, being, right? We have God. Anybody else, anybody else is all is all they're not off limits. Why is it that President Trump is off limits? Now, you know, in retrospect, he spent a lot of attention on China. And we weren't focusing on what's going on in the Middle East. And that has a, a lot to do with this whole globalist movement, the whole banker movement, right? Yep. We're not, we're not focusing. You know, let's tie it back to Massachusetts. You know that Massachusetts, we have every industrial complex. Do you know that? We have the educational industrial complex. We have the military industrial complex. We have the pharmaceutical industrial complex, right? We have the yeah. medical industrial complex. We have it all in Massachusetts. A lot of people, I believe, two two things, but both at the same time. Satan has his claws in Massachusetts. Where where he where Satan has a hold of of America, the talons are right there in Massachusetts. That's that I believe this, right? And and what a lot of people don't realize, all the ties to so many bad things that have happened, happened come from Massachusetts. Like we have P-TECH. People don't realize what P-TECH was and, and how they were connected to 9-11. People don't realize really? that. Yeah. Did you know, did you know that? No, no, so, that's a new one on me. So look up P-TECH, P-T-E-C-K, and they changed their name to Go Agile. Think P-TECH, the Boston Marathon bombing, right? The Boston Marathon bombing, um, that was another false flag. I grew up in Boston. We had a I used to think this was all about the Islamists. It's not about, it's, they, they're part of it, but they're not controlling it. You know, MIT had an uh, Al-Qaeda base, Breitbart, um, who did it? No, it wasn't Breitbart, Breitbart did something else. But so MIT had, you can look it up. They had an Al-Qaeda base. 
MIT. Well, who started Al-Qaeda? Al-Qaeda didn't start Al-Qaeda. No. Just, right, so so think about, like, Massachusetts has so many ties to bad things that have happened. You know, the, you know the Chinese Communist Party, you know what they refer to Harvard University as? Their, their second party school. Wow. Think about that. Do you well, know well I mean, look at what we have coming out now with, with uh, Charles Lieber. I mean, how do you get to be Lexington, professor emeritus and, and the world's for, foremost expert on nanoscience and uh, biotechnology? He's the world's leading expert on that. Yeah. And, and just as I predicted, too, this guy got rolled up for not for treason, which is what he should have been charged exactly. with. He's a modern day Julius Rosenberg. That's what I contend. But because we don't know what this guy was given to the Chinese, but he gets rolled up by the FBI along with one of his grad students who is a Chinese national who has ties to Confucius Society right there in Boston. And now all of a sudden, so he very quietly, it was it was barely a footnote in the news. He pleads guilty to lying to the FBI. And they say, oh, well, we'll sentence him at a later date. And you haven't heard anything else about it. And then the only other thing that they say in the article is, is, oh, well, he has lymphoma. So he's not doing well. Okay, so so somebody has lymphoma. Well, that, that really sucks. But uh, at the same time, we need to address the fact that he committed treason against the people of the United States. No, and, and, and a lot of them. But think about what else has happened in Massachusetts. Facebook. Yep. Right? DARPA. Right? Um, yeah. Bill Gates. Right? Didn't, was it Bill Gates? Yeah, Microsoft, right? Wasn't, didn't he go to Harvard and then he dropped out? Yeah, yeah, in fact, he did. There's so did. many, there's so many things that are connected to Massachusetts. And so people can say, well, that has to do with Harvard, blah, blah, blah. No. What else do we have? Moderna. <laughs> yeah. Right? All in the wow. same, all in the same little area. You know, so, so people say that, that, um, that Cambridge is liberal. I would say, I would say that maybe Cambridge is um, CIA headquarters in Massachusetts or in America, who knows? But th there are, you know, you can't, nobody's put the pieces together like that. Well, that, that realization is huge right there. And I, I mean, you know, we, we know that uh, Harvard and Yale, Skull and Bones, yeah. secret societies that go on there. That Of course, that's a rabbit hole that, you know, we could spend days on. And America's, America's intelligence apparatus came out of that network, came out of the Ivy League and all of the ancillary things that, that are going on. And just as you pointed out, that is, that's the epicenter of it right there. I mean, uh, you know, Wild Bill Donovan, who was the founder of the CIA and, and before that, the OSS, uh, Office of Strategic Services, um, you know, he, he was being a, a Yale grad, a, a uh, you know, secret society guy himself. And of course, you know, even with the Oath Keepers, I hate to bring that up because that's a whole other conversation. But the founder of the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes, who's kind of in the, the uh, legal hot seat right now, the guy is a lawyer from Yale. Interesting. He graduated from Yale Law School. You don't get there. I mean, I, I think you could back me up on this. Yeah. You don't get there without you. You know, nobody just gets admitted to Yale Law School, much less graduate. 
Well, it's like you're, you're, you're getting selected. But if you really, like, think about it. In Cambridge, because I believe P-TECH started in Cambridge, then they moved to either Quincy or Braintree. You'd have Facebook. You had Microsoft. You have Moderna. You have Harvard. Like, think about what is, and if you saw that area, if you're not familiar, that whole area has been built up. Boston has been built up. I mean, you, you, it, it's just incredible over even the last few years what has happened in that area. And, and I think it's our intelligence community. Um, and I also think other countries' intelligence communities are centered there as well. That would be a very safe bet. Um, you know, we, we, with, with intelligence agencies, with the, the intelligence community, they're, they're tied at the hip to aristocratic circles as well as academic circles. There's a lot of history that goes on there, um, yep. you know, internationally. Wow. That is that. Wow. That is huge. I know. And people, people don't look at it and that, and see, that's why I believe this. Listen, and I said this earlier, I, you know, maybe one of the things that I have going for me, one of the best things besides the fight is are my critical thinking skills and able to look at something and, and make the connections pretty easily. I don't know why that, that seems to be easy for me, but I'm not any different than you or anybody else, anybody who's listening to this, anybody who's watching this, right? It's going to take all of us, all of us, sticking together, whatever color, right? Whatever, sticking together because it's us versus them. It really is. It really is. It is. Us, it's us versus them. Um, and but But you look at Massachusetts and you go, wow. Like there's so many, there's so many, I mean, the, the 9-11 hijackers came, came out of Logan Airport in Boston. Think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, you're, you're, you're bringing so much. And, and, uh, and admittedly, this is something, this is, this is a topic that, you know, I, I've done my homework on and you're putting all of these pieces together. This is really incredible. Look at P-TECH. So, Everybody, go and do an, uh, a search. P Tech and a woman by the name of Indira Singh, S I N G H, Indira Singh. Haven't heard anything from her, I think, since 2008. Okay, she uncovered a lot, but P Tech had contracts. P Tech had contracts with the FAA, with all kinds of government agencies, and they had um, a guy that was funding them. One of them was on on the um, terrorist watch list. I think it was a Saudi guy. But also, they they have connections. PTEC has connections to one of those unnamed countries that you can't name, or you're going to be vilified. So yeah, um, there's a there are a lot of connections for Massachusetts and a lot of bad bad stuff that's happened in in the world. And I think and and so that's why I believe that what they do in Massachusetts it's such a game. The Republican Party is very small in Massachusetts. And in my opinion, that's intentional. And right. they do it so that people look at Massachusetts as blue. So they don't pay attention to the fact Facebook, Microsoft, Moderna, P-Tech, Harvard, right? They don't pay attention to any of those things. And then the Republican Party says, if we had more Republicans in office, things would be better here. No. They won't be. It's set up on purpose this way. 
you know, you it, and that's huge. That that is so big that you said because the Republicans up there that they spin that narrative, but then they get guys like Mitt Romney, they get guys like Scott Brown, yeah, up there who they you know get into office. And I remember, I remember when Scott Brown was elected, and uh, you know I was in the army when, when that happened, and and you know of course the the water cooler talk. And I look, oh, wow, you know, there's there's the big red wave that's incoming. And this was back during the Obama years. And Scott Brown, you know, it, and and for for all of us, that was kind of a, a cool thing because Scott Brown, you know, having military background and everything, and he talked the talk and seemed legit. And then look at what he turned out to, to be. Feckless. You know? Right. Feckless. That's the word. And I'll just I'll just give you one more tidbit. Everybody talks about the Republicans, right? In 1998, we had a governor by the name of Paul Cellucci. Paul Cellucci, Republican, right? I love the Republicans that say, well, um, we're conservative, but I'm fiscally liberal, whatever, whatever crap they, they, they say. Right. In 1998, Governor Paul Cellucci signed the strictest gun control legislation at the time in the country. Okay. And what that did is, I think we had, say, 1.5 million, it might have been 2 million people who had a license to carry in Massachusetts, because you have to have that, right? right? And what happened is, when people went to renew, they made it tougher, so they couldn't renew. So that, you know, million, 1.5 million, 2 million number dropped down to around 200,000. So that's what the Republican governor, and then, but that's what he did. Then what did Romney do? Romney care, right? Yep. And and the that was the prototype part, for Obamacare. Yep. And the sad part about it is, the sad part about it is that people don't learn. I I have conversations with people that say to me, you know, Diana, I don't care. I don't care if they're a rhino. If they, I don't even go for those names. As I'm not voting for a Democrat. I'm thinking, see, this is how this is this is why we lose things because you're not even thinking. You're not even right. using your brain cells to think that this doesn't even make sense. Don't support these people. Don't waste your time campaigning, right? Pull up your sleeves, pull up your, your big boy girl and your big boy um, pants and get out there and get get dirty, get in the fight. That's what we need. We don't need politicians. They don't help Amen. us. They don't help us. Wow. It, it, this, I, I tell you what, uh, I love it. I love it. it. Getting fired up, you know, because you're 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 just all over it. Uh, and and when you you talk to somebody that that is all over it like that, and and just hitting point after point, yes, somebody else in the world gets it. Um, you know, coming up on the hour mark, is there any last things that you want to point out, Dinah Plus? We're going to have you on uh, oh, several it. more times. This has been uh, just just the last 10 minutes talking about, you know, the 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 uh, the power elite apparatus that that is coming out of Ivy League up there. I, I think that we, we should do more episodes just talking about that, uh, going deeper into that. But wow. Any last things that you want to point out for the Radio Contra audience? So just, you know, we need help in Massachusetts. We need your help. If you know people in Massachusetts, we need, we need, um, we, we need help. Get your family members involved. Anybody that you know, 
um, go to my website, dianaplos.com, Diana with two N's, plus with two S's. And I like to say plus every day, right? Like floss. But, you know, we need more people on our team. We need researchers. We need people to help with social media. I mean, we have a movement that has so many people, but we need, we need, we need some help. And I guess the last thing I'm going to say is we're in a war. And in war, you have spies, right? You have spies because they don't want you to win the war. The other side wants to win the war. Right. So, so we have to watch out for those people too. You have to put your head into the mindset that you are in war. And I don't trust anybody. I, I, um, um, what's the, um, not trust, but verify. So I don't trust anybody. And then they have to prove to me that I can trust them. Right. Amen. Cause we have too much to lose. We have too You're much. Exactly to lose. Right. And, and if we don't act now, we're going to lose this thing. There's no more kicking the can down the road. We don't have enough. We, this is it. And for Massachusetts, the people that want vaccine passports, this is the line in the sand. And and the last thing, who knows what they're going to do to us next? I think they're going to crash the economy. I think they're going to steal people's money's out, money out of the bank. I don't know. I'm not Nostradamus. Um, but join me. Join the fight. Get on board. Uh, be loyal. You got to be loyal. And and I appreciate you taking the time, really, to to, to interview me. I, I really yes, appreciate it. And getting the word out from Massachusetts. Thank you that so much. That was a huge honor. Thank you. Huge honor. Anyhow, folks, Diana Ploss for Governor of Massachusetts on the America First platform. Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. God bless you as well. And God bless everybody listening to this. This is NC Scout out.